Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is Bill Press and Friends on the District Productive Network. I want to start today, let's get away from politics just a little bit. Let's talk about these internet rules. Yesterday, as I understand it, Peter, uh, you know more, a lot more about this than I. Uh, the legislation carried in the Senate by Senator Jeff Flake from Arizona allows the big uh, I, ISPs, Internet Service Providers, to sell information on yours and mine. So this is AT&T, Comcast, Right. Yeah. The whole bunch Verizon, of all these companies the, that you the, use for, to get your internet. They can sell information on where you and I go online, what we might buy, and what sites we might visit. Yeah. So on their way out the door, the Obama administration approved the FCC approved uh, internet privacy protection, sort of a consumer protection for mm-hmm. your internet privacy. In other words, if I if I'm paying to use internet service, that is my right to keep that to myself. Mm-hmm. And part of the price of paying to have that service, there's an understanding that you're not going to give that to other people. And the Obama administration agreed with that and said that's fair and that's how it should be. And so they put these things into place. They never actually went into place because Donald Trump won the election. And so even though these things were slated to go into action, the Senate last week voted to undo those rules. The House earlier this week voted to undo those rules. It now sits at the feet of Donald Trump. Because there is a period of time in which Congress can undo a rule by a federal agency yes. after that period of time, but we're still we were still within it then. Yes. So, after that period they can't Congress cannot undo a rule. Now they can. Right. So essentially the rule was it would require internet service providers to get your permission before collecting this data. So it wasn't outlawing that they could do yeah, it, but they had yeah. to say to you hey, we're gathering this information to either sell to advertisers or to help streamline your online process, which some people do. Uh, and you had the option to say, that is not something I'd like for you to do. That fair. Is, that, that, fair. Which is fair. That's, yeah. I think, yeah. that, I think yeah. that's Hello. fair. Hello. And so if Donald Trump signs this, then that will be gone. Internet service providers can look at where you go, what you say online, how you sort of communicate with people online. They can look at all that. They can gather all that, and they can do whatever they want to. With it. Right. And I saw Jeff Flake on television last night, and he said, oh, no, this is okay because you can always opt out. Now, of course, to me, that, that's a couple of problems with that. One is how many people are going to take – no, they can, and how many people are going to take the time and jump through the hoops to opt out, number one. Number two – it doesn't require the companies to allow you to opt out. It's up to the company. Up, if they prov- if they make that provision, yeah. then you will be able to jump through the hoops. But yeah. again, that's easier said than done right. in many cases. Uh, but I got to tell you, okay, I think this is outrageous. No, it's outrageous. crazy. It's totally crazy. I mean, if I 
God, I would never do this, right? But if ever I would have visited a porn site online. I know you would never do such I, a no, thing. No, I'd never do that. But there it is. Yeah. It's out there. Or if I like if I buy any product online, right? I've bought a lot of stuff online this this in the in the past year. I do it all the time. That means that my taste or my choices or whatever, I'm suddenly going to get hear from all these people who've got I don't know, blow up mattresses to right. to, to sell, which I bought a couple of those online, right? Right. Or so now you have whatever. Your, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A camera. Well, boom, there it is. Binoculars. Boom, they'll be able to come after you. Whatever. Right? Congressman Michael uh, Capuano said when he yeah. was talking about this, he said, just last week I bought underwear on the internet. Yeah. Why should you know what size I wear or the color or the cut or any of that information? But that will be out there. I bought underwear online. Sure. I bought clothes online. Sure. Shirts. Yeah, shirt, pants online. Right, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So there it is. It's all out there. If Trump signs this, it would all, they would just be able to take that and do whatever they want with it. What, what I don't get is what, who, the only people that benefit from this, right, are the internet, the internet, yeah, internet the providers. providers. Yeah, because- I mean, this, this is anti-consumer to the nth degree. Oh, this is like, this is the textbook case of why we need things like the Consumer Protection Bureau. Yeah, or, like, right. There's no protection for the consumer whatsoever. This is purely a play for these companies to make more money because they will sell that information. Absolutely. Like, they're not collecting it just because they think it's interesting. Like, Facebook does this, too. Like, you give Facebook, voluntarily give Facebook all this information. Right. And then they take that and they sort of customize and streamline your Facebook experience. Right. Which is why I kind of hate now Facebook. you know what? It feels a little too invasive. But sure. That, like, e- this would, be, this would but, follow you around everywhere now. By the way, credit card companies do this, too, mm-hmm. I think, right? Yeah. They keep track of wh- what you buy, where you shop, yeah. all that kind of thing. And you know they're selling that information. Of course. Yeah. So this is this means there is no such thing as internet privacy anymore, or will no longer be if Donald Trump signs this, and you know damn well he's going to sign it. Yeah, right? I, yeah. I mean Sean Spicer even yesterday sort of showed his hand a little bit and said, <laughs> "When we sign this legislation, so it's it's coming." And, and by the way, if you listen to what Trump says and you hear how he talks about his big business friends and how he needs to get them back making money and doing better and stuff like that. This is, again, a textbook example of these giant conglomerates like Verizon or Comcast that are going to be able to make more money off of you, which is what Trump has said he wants to see big businesses do. Yeah, So right. This should really, I mean, this is really concerning if you care about Internet privacy. Absolutely. I mean, this is even more (laughs) privacy in so many dimensions has just flown away, right? Uh, and this is just one more, if you will, peeling away of any right of privacy that, so that, that our lives online are now a total open book. Yeah. Total, right. Just get used to it. That's where we live now. Disgusting. Crazy days at the, uh, at the United States Congress as well. Um, all watching the House Intelligence Committee crumble. And yesterday, the Senate Intelligence Committee standing up and say, all right, this is how you get things done. With his comments on all of the above, joining us, good friend of the program, Congressman John Yarmouth from Kentucky's 3rd Congressional District. 
who has the uh, added distinction of being the chair of the Bourbon Caucus? Yes, sir. Um, in the in the Congress. <laughs> good morning, Congressman. Good morning, Bill. Good it's to be good with you. It's good to see you. This is uh, th- this is an official meeting of the uh, Bourbon Caucus this morning here. It, thanks to the we're Congressman. We're meeting very frequently these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been hanging out with Bourbon a lot <laughs> since the inauguration. <laughs> So a little thank you, Woodward Reserve. Woodward this Reserve, is, yeah. Is this the best, as good uh, as it gets? Well, it's very good. It's and very, very it's good. It's made in, yeah. in, in uh, Versailles, Kentucky, which is between Louisville and Lexington. Uh, it's owned by uh, Brown Foreman Distillers, which actually is based in my district, so... I've got, uh, yeah, I so see. I represent it in a way, even though it's not made in the district. Yeah. But it's know, great it's, stuff, great stuff, as is all Kentucky bourbon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A beautiful color, and it tastes as good as it looks. Huh? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, um, you're not going to drink any of that for breakfast, Bill? <laughs> got a cocktail over there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, cocktail hour gets earlier and earlier. <laughs> too. You're not wrong. I'll bet it does in the house, huh? For sure. <laughs> so, it was a week ago today, Congressman, that we were all excited because there's going to be the big vote. Uh, Donald Trump demanded there be a vote last Friday uh, on health care, and they were going to sail out of there having repealed and replaced Obamacare. What happened? They realized it was really complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew, (laughs) right? Um, You know, I've been saying for well over a year now that they would never do it because there really isn't any alternative to the Affordable Care Act uh, except single payer. You made that point last time you were on. There are two ways, single payer or Or, Obamacare. Yeah, or go back to where we were. Right, yeah. you know, nobody wanted that. That would—that's disastrous. Uh, that's when you get uh, twenty thousand people a year dying unnecessarily. That's when you get eight hundred thousand bankruptcies a year because of health care costs. All of the, all of those things that we experienced back then. So, they're they're finding that out now. And what they did was t- basically to tweak Obamacare. Uh, but the fundamental problem with the bill was that it wasn't a health care bill. It was never intended to be. This this is. I call it Paul Ryan's unicorn. <laughs> you know, he's trying to get a free market solution, which doesn't exist anywhere in the world. It can't exist in healthcare, but he wanted huge tax cuts and he wanted to block grant and essentially begin the phase out of Medicaid because he doesn't believe government and it really has any was role. A big wealth distribution. Oh my gosh! It? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there was a almost $900 billion cut in Medicaid over 10 years and then a trillion dollar tax cut. Uh, over 10 years. So you're talking about almost a $2 trillion transfer of wealth. And it was, you know, the, the, the entities that receive those tax breaks are among the, we- the, the most profitable corporations, corporations in the world and the, and the, most, Americans, and the wealthiest so. Americans. Yeah. So what it amounted to was you got huge tax breaks for the top wealthiest people and companies in the country, and you got actually got a tax increase for lower and moderate income people because they were going to have to pay more. Mm. Um, so what all in the, all, it was a perfect solution. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> now the question is, what happens next and where do they go from here? And it looked like Donald Trump was saying, recognizing that you know, with this humiliating defeat, he just had to get some distance between him and that and said, "Let's we're going to move on now to other stuff. And then Paul Ryan steps up and says, this works so well. We're going to try it again. Yeah, you know. And by the so way, many, say compounded yeah. yesterday by saying, but the worst thing that could happen is we, we might work, have to work, work with, with Democrats. Right. 
So, I mean, this is, I don't know whether it's, which which is the right metaphor, whether it's the gang who couldn't shoot straight or whether this is the most schizophrenic uh, uh, party in con- in control of, con- of the government that has ever been. So you have Paul saying that he wants to repeal and replace still, and he doesn't want to work with Democrats. President saying he wants to work with Democrats, and Mitch McConnell saying, no way, Jose, we're not doing anything. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I so- mean that's a, a, to me, that's a formula for just unmitigated disaster and they're not going to get anything done there's absolutely no way to get a a bill that that paul ryan likes through the house and senate and i I don't know why they're wasting their time on it but you know from our perspective what you take repeal off the table and quit sabotaging the bill the the, the law the law yeah and and we'll help you make a better system Mm-hmm. That quite quite simply, but that's really straightforward. Yeah, and exactly. I don't know why they can't seem to grasp that. Because by the way, their voters have their voters have clearly they and, get you know, it. Yeah, and this bill had what seventeen percent support in right. one one poll. Right. So I don't know where they go. Um, I think they're I think they're very very lost. And uh, meanwhile, I, as I say every time I speak now. Uh, I now know why Ringling Brothers gave up the circus, circus <laughs> business because they couldn't compete with Washington. <laughs> Seriously, elephants and the clowns right down the street here. Right? <laughs> um, and isn't part of the problem that they they're still clinging in the House to this so-called Hastert rule, where they have to have enough Republican votes to pass anything before they'll even bring it up for a vote, right? Yeah, and I think this is the problem with, uh, you know, the whole, the, it's not just the Freedom <coughs> Caucus, it's redistricting, it's all these things that have polarized uh, the country. And then you have all the outside influences influences which say, never compromise, don't give an inch. Yeah, you know, and we have yeah. we have those on our side sure. as well. Uh, but they're in control, and, and when they say don't compromise, don't work with Democrats, then that makes it very difficult to get anything done. And we have some very critical things coming up that we need to get done and which probably can't get done without Democrats. Hey, everybody, this is Bill Press. Thanks for listening to the Bill Press and Friends podcast. And now do yourself a favor. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Here's what you do. Just search for the Bill Press show. Then you can take us with you and listen in anywhere you go. And you'll get new shows from us as soon as they're posted. And one more thing. If you really enjoy Bill Press and Friends, please help us grow by telling a friend, writing a review, and giving us a rating on iTunes. It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. Yes, indeed, remarkable event yesterday on in the uh, Senate where the ranking or the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, Senator Richard Burr, and the ranking Democrat, Senator Mark Warner, held a news conference where they both expressed confidence uh, in, in each other and both expressed their determination to get to the bottom of what's been going on in any possible, in Russia's interference in our election. We know that happened. Uh, Senator Richard Burr saying this is going to be a Bipartisan, solid effort here. I think that's what gives us high hopes that we can reach a conclusion that has bipartisan support and that we feel confident explored every crevice that we can find. And Mark Warner, for his part, says, don't worry, we're going to do our job. We're here to assure you, and more importantly, the American people who are watching and listening, that we will get to the bottom of this.
All right. Claire Farn covers these issues for The Atlantic, associate editor at The Atlantic, here in studio with us. So, Claire, what a contrast with the House Intelligence Committee, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think they probably, I think the Senate Intelligence Committee probably felt, you know, motivated to hold that press conference precisely because the House investigation has has really devolved into sort of this partisan kind of dysfunctional uh, mess to some extent. I mean, you know, we saw this week, um, it seems like their progress, at least publicly, sort of outwardly, is kind of grinding to a halt. There's no doesn't seem to be good if any communication at this point between the uh you know between Nunes uh and his ranking member Adam Schiff where they're both sort of talking about information that they haven't shared with each other so uh you know I think the Senate is is clearly positioning themselves as kind of the only sort of adults in the room and whether that remain you know whether that's actually true and and if that committee can can stand up and not become sort of mired down in partisan squabbling remains to be seen but so far it hasn't uh it's interesting too that uh the chairs yesterday said that uh warner and burr uh, they've got some 20 some witnesses scheduled that the to, to testify either in public hearing or private hearing and then there are these volunteers uh, in this for the Senate committee. Roger Stone, Paul Manafort, and Jared Kushner have all said have said they'd be they'd yeah be, yeah they'd Roger be willing Stone, to come yeah. and testify. None of them scheduled as yet, but uh, yeah, I don't know that it would be productive to have Roger Stone, especially <laughs> in a public setting, um, come and and testify. Oh, I think it'd be colorful. Well, it would be colorful, but I think you? but I think that that's sort of Just to see the suit he would wear. He was the worst yeah. the worst yeah. dresser, honestly. It looks like the way he gets dressed, it looks like he's falling through a time machine and just like grabbing things through different time periods just throws it on. He looks like a clown. I, anyway, well, I think Aside that to have, that. but I mean, precisely, <laughs> but precisely because Roger Stone does inspire sort of these this heated reaction from from people um, left and right, and he's not really a, he's not really a figure that's taken very very seriously by right. by a lot, yeah. including Republicans. So I think if he were to come, that would be kind of in a way I think that might be sort of devolving into you know sort of a kind of a circus like atmosphere that that the Senate doesn't want. Although you know, I mean, if he has. I- yeah. If he has information, it's not to say they shouldn't talk to him. But uh, I can't believe. I, I think if he were to appear, Republicans and Democrats would lo- jump all over him. I mean, yeah. I could not see Republicans defending Roger Stone. Yeah. Uh, with his reputation. Yeah, he does not his, have a his, lot of friends. I'd say. No, yeah. his record, his background. Um, the so the committee. Their their first question would be, was there in fact. I guess to confirm or to affirm that Russia was indeed actively trying to influence the outcome of this election. There's really no doubt about that, is there? Yeah, I don't think there is at this point. I mean, certainly not from the perspective of the intelligence community. The White House still does not accept it. Yeah, I I don't know where the White House is on it, but I mean, we had, um, you know, we have sort of the unanimous agreement of the U.S. intelligence community uh, behind yeah, that um, right. that conclusion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that was only made more clear with, uh, you know, the James Comey appearance at the House hearing before it sort of descended into chaos where they uh, really sort of reaffirmed that that's true. And, you know, they had the line of questioning where... Um, Members were asking, you know, what does it mean? Because the intelligence report said that the 
uh, Russians had interfered to undermine Clinton, but they hadn't necessarily explicitly said, you know, they love Trump in the report. It was just kind of a, yeah. well, draw your own conclusions. But Comey and, and others were asked about that during the hearing. And they made it very clear. Like, no, it's, it, you know, you don't undermine one candidate if you don't have a right. preference yeah, for I, the other. I, I, so. I loved watching yeah. the Republicans specifically who were being like, oh, well, we have no idea who he preferred. <laughs> yeah. He never explicitly right. said, yeah. I prefer Donald Trump. Right, it's a binary well, choice. Right. Yeah. If you've got, <laughs> he wasn't pulling for Jill Stein. No, <laughs> exactly. Mark Warner yesterday just sort of dropped that, uh, in fact, Russia, in addition to, uh, as part of their activities, I should say, actually hired 1,000 Russian hackers. Yeah, I think it to, wasn't. To infiltrate and, and just mess up. Yeah, I think he was talking about um, the possibility of of trolls or, yeah, Yeah. and I think it wasn't totally clear if he was talking about sort of reports or sort of unconfirmed um, or or whether that was, obviously at this point the committee hasn't put out sort of any conclusive or definitive statements, but yeah, that was interesting that he sort of teased that information. All right, now on the House side, Nunes, so last week he says, I have these documents here. didn't actually wave them around, but I've seen them, and these are incidental surveillance reports. Yeah, uh, and there are Trump people in the, who were picked up this way, and they yeah. were unmasked in these reports. Um, so, have we seen those reports? Yet? No, um, those have not been produced uh, at this point. Do they exist? I mean, I can't answer that question. You know, I think that Nunes, I, I believe, has said that. You know, he said he's he's seen this and he has a source um, that has provided this information that he, you know, has seen with his own eyes. But uh, I believe the line from their team is, you know, we're waiting and we're hoping that that the documentation can be be produced at least to maybe share within the committee. Although if it's classified information, you know, might not be publicly available. And he he himself has backed down a little bit. First, he said this is. But you know, yeah. scandalous sort of stuff, and then he sort of said, "Well, it's only incidental." And then he said they were unmasked. Well, maybe they're not yeah, unmasked. Actually, you sort of yeah. can tell by the context who they must have been talking about or to. And I actually think what is, um, and I still see reporting on this. That's kind of the waters have been so muddied at this point. But what Nunes originally said, I mean, he certainly made it sound in his original announcement that he made it sound like you know we had. Uh, the intelligence community has had swept up transition uh, team members. But what he really said was, I mean, he said that the intelligence community he, had information involving people. And yeah. it's, it's possible that really what that might mean is it might mean that there was just uh, people talking about these individuals, yeah, which right, would not right. be. I no. mean, that's not surprising necessarily that there exactly. would be a conversation where their names would be mentioned. No, if, if, if you uh, uh, his mm-hmm. news conference last week, it sounded like he was saying, "I have proof mm-hmm. that Donald Trump wiretapped Trump Tower." Right? Well, yeah. it wasn't anywhere close to that. No, no. no. Um, he definitely does not have information. I mean, even, you know, we don't have proof of what he's saying, but even what he's saying, it's clear it's not. Uh, All right. It doesn't. All right. So then that. we found out that he's his source was at the White House. Yes. Uh, the plot has has thickened and it includes. Who remains the, unclear exactly who at what the happened. White House. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, d- I don't think that we know. There's been speculation that uh, it's 
perhaps some intelligence official or, or somebody who had, you know, it, it sounds like he went to the White House and viewed uh, classified information there. But there's been conflicting reports where, you know, he said the White the White House didn't know he was coming, which, you know, former administration officials have said there's no yeah. way you get no, onto the White no, House. And actually, no. I mean, it does doesn't it seem sort of. Like, what's the security situation over there if yeah. people can just get onto the no. White House grounds without, now, you, know, you know? Look, I, right down here, I have my White House hard pass. I go mm-hmm. in and out of the White House two or three times a week. No, nobody. Nobody yeah. can get on White House grounds. No, I mean, you'd hope that not they even a, couldn't. That's true. Not even a member yeah. of Congress. No, yeah. Members of Congress, you just can't walk in. This is, yeah. not the I mean, days, this is not the days of Andrew Jackson. Yeah. You could jump the fence and hang out on the White House property for 15 minutes before anybody finds you. Right. Yeah, right. You do that. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> they're pretty tight about it. All right. But so here's my theory. I'm going to connect the dots. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Donald Trump, in his interview with Tucker Carlson, said, you're going to find, you're going to see, I'm paraphrasing here, very mm-hmm. close. You're going to see there's going to see some interesting information come out in the next couple of weeks. These documents, so-called documents, that, that that's what Donald Trump was talking about. Yeah. They planted these with Devin Nunes. He runs back, pretends that he found them, I don't know, over the transom, and then runs down to the White House as part of this whole plot to pretend to be briefing Donald Trump on it when he got them from Donald Trump. Maybe not Donald Trump himself. But somebody yes. with an administration, Absolutely. They're all in cahoots. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, the House Intelligence Committee has been, I mean, you know, Nunes um, was... They're out of business, in effect, uh, aren't they? I don't think that they have much credibility at this point. Um, I mean, when you have, when you have, you know, Democrats calling for Nunes to accuse himself, you have the fact that it's just the, what happened with the release of his information at this point. I mean, I think... The intention may well have been to muddy the waters, which they succeeded. But it's also, you know, whether that was to give Trump cover and inadvertently it's made the committee's own investigation just completely sort of mired in in muck. But it's, you know, it's so so unclear what he was. It's it's difficult to say what he was even asserting. There has been no no evidence. Just to show you, if I can, how clueless Devin Nunes is, you talk about credibility and John McCain, Lindsey Graham. Yeah. There's another Republican I saw this morning quoted as saying in the House saying he can't do this job. He's got to he's got to go. Uh, a Republican member of Congress. But Nunes yesterday talked about oh, the credibility, you say? Mm-hmm. Here he is. I don't think there's anyone with any more credibility on Russia and the problems they pose than me, especially since I went out and called on this a, a year ago uh, and it was largely ignored by the last administration. Yeah, so he's saying he has more credibility than anybody else on this issue. I think he has zero credibility on this issue. Right, well, I mean, Paul Ryan was asked, you know, if he should step down. He said no, uh, so he does still have the backing of leadership. But I think, as you pointed out, I mean, when you have people like, uh, you know, other members of his own party saying that at this point the Senate is the best show in town or, you know, people like McCain going so far as to say we should maybe have an independent commission, uh, I think— if you've lost your, you know, if you've lost members of your own party, if partisanship can't even hold the glue sort of together on that, then I think that's when there's a clear credibility problem. And don't forget, there is uh, an FBI investigation uh, ongoing, um, which we haven't heard much about, but it's trucking, yes. trucking along. Yeah, right? there's an FBI investigation, which Comey confirmed uh, after it being widely reported. And then we have the House and the Senate. Um, but, you know, I mean, at this point, yeah, there's no... I mean, and I don't think it's likely that there'll be an independent commission, but I think one of one 
potential issue here is that we do have, you know, I mean, there's an investigation going on within the administration, you know, headed by Trump. Not to say that the intelligence right. community can't do its job by any means, but, you know, there's no sort of ind- completely any, any investigation that is sort of beyond the reach of, you know, people that either voted for Trump or part of Trump's <laughs> transition team are... Well, thanks to your reporting and reporting of others, of course, New York Times, uh, Washington Post in particular, we do know that Russians were trying to influence this election uh, actively, which Dick Cheney this week compared to an act of war. Uh, We do know that there were many connections between members of the Trump team and Russian officials for various reasons, whatever. The meetings that mm-hmm. Kushner had, the meetings that Flynn had, Roger Stone, Paul Manafort, the business deals, Jeff Sessions, all that kind of stuff. So we know those. The one thing we don't know yet, no evidence of I've been seeing, is yeah. that there was direct collusion. No, that, we don't have evidence That the Trump that. people were mm-hmm. trying to help the Russians overturn, uh, not overturn, but turn the election toward Donald Trump. No, but. yeah, we don't have evidence of that. And I think the other thing that is just hard about this is that a lot of the reporting, like you said, there has been really good reporting, but a lot of times, like I remember the New York Times had a report a while back and it was about contacts between Trump sort of associates and Russia. But a lot of the problem with, it's not the problem and the fault of the reporters, but I think it's just because you are dealing with classified information and the way it'll get leaked out is that it's so hard to know kind of what is actually going on because in that case, the report I'm thinking of talked about how there was contacts between. Yeah. But it's, you know, I mean, what does that mean? Is it that well, there were... That's why there's an investigation. Right. Yeah. And when I say there was no collusion, there may have been collusion. All I'm saying is nobody has we don't have any evidence the smoking gun yet. Then. I mean, and, and Sean Spicer keeps saying, everybody has looked at this will tell you there was no collusion. They all say they've seen no evidence. Well, that's, yeah. that's a, he's reaching the conclusion right. before the investigation is over. And and so you, you can't say there was no collusion. Right. You we, can say we, very so much far, know, yeah. we haven't seen any evidence. Of yeah. It. The funny thing about the White House line on this is that they've, you know, there's no evidence either of Trump's wiretapping claim, but they sort of use that to say, well, we don't know yet. You know, yeah. there's still more yeah. time, even right. though there's not even any there's no. no indication that there's sort of an ongoing inv- investigation into that. There's just no evidence. Nobody. Whereas we, we even do n- have an ongoing investigation. The FBI said their investigation wasn't isn't over. Right. Comey made that clear during the hearing. And yesterday during the Senate um, press conference, uh Burr and Warner also made it clear it could be a long time before their investigation's over. So we very much know it's ongoing. But the White House's line is that it hasn't found anything so far. It will never find anything. But that's, you know, we have a long ways to go, potentially. So. Lead story in the New York Times today. The U.S. war footprint grows with no end game in sight. What? Nobody's talking about that. Uh, well, Joshua Keating is. He's a, a staff writer for Slate, and he joins us in studio. Hi, Josh. Good to see you. Hey, thanks, Bill. Great to be so, here. So um, it was, what, a week or so ago that Donald Trump sent uh, more U.S. troops, advisors, to on the ground uh, against ISIS in Syria? Yes, uh, there are about a thousand troops sent to northern Syria. Uh, so far, they're 
not supposed to be taking part in direct ground combat. They're advising local forces on the ground, which is something that was also the strategy of the Obama administration, which has led a lot of people to say that there's not really any difference between how Donald Trump is conducting the war on terror and how Obama is. And I understand that point of view in that, yes, like Obama, there is uh, an emphasis on supporting local forces, particularly Kurdish groups on the ground, rather than uh, you know American soldiers taking part in direct ground fighting. But that doesn't mean there are no differences. The main difference we've seen is a real ramping up in airstrikes and what seems like a much lower priority on uh, preventing civilian casualties in those strikes. And that's been the case in uh, Syria and Iraq and in, in Yemen as well. And um, this has been done... This is Congress is not involved in this. This is pure presidential decision making, right? With the Pentagon, obviously. But. Yeah. Well, this is this was part of the problem that I think a lot of people uh, wish had gotten more attention under the uh, last administration, yes. which yes. is that we basically have this open-ended war on terror. We're fighting ISIS under an authorization that was signed in two thousand one. Uh, mm -hmm. following the 9-11 attacks right. We never time. did get a new... Um, uh, a, a new... Uh, AUMF. Yeah, AUMF, yeah. AUMF, yeah. Uh, and, you know, Obama at one point said that he wanted one, but then, but that he was content to keep fighting ISIS under the one that existed. And uh, there were several bills, uh, notably Adam Schiff, who's now in the news for other reasons, was, was one guy who <laughs> right. was... Uh, Really pushing this issue, and and a few other, and a few Republicans, Rand Paul, and and a few others were, uh, really pushing to get a new AUMF specifically targeted at ISIS. But right now, essentially, we're in a situation where um, there's an open-ended war uh, against any jihadist group uh, that can be conducted in basically any country with no geographic or time limit. And uh, guess what? Uh, that was just handed over to Donald Trump. And one of the consequences we've seen of this stepped-up involvement and American advisors that seems closer to the front lines and more mm -hmm. involved in actual uh, operations, calling in airstrikes, or these um, heavy civilian casualties in this one building in Mosul this, yes. this week. Where yeah, I, mm. I thought that the admission by the lead, the Pentagon spokesperson, the general, what who testified yesterday in Congress was kind of appallingly um, matter-of-fact. I mean, it sort of said, I forget the phrasing that he used, but yeah, there's some indications that we might have made a mistake. He didn't even say use the mistake, that, 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 that the American, this was an American, um, yeah. we did this, right? Yeah. Right. We well, what killed he thinks there's hundreds of civilians. 200 civilians were killed mm -hmm. in the most recent yeah. U.S. airstrike in Iraq. Yes, which would make this uh, one of the highest casualty events, uh, not just in the fighting against ISIS, but since 2003, since the initial U.S. invasion. Um, and, you know, this, I don't want to suggest that this sort of thing never happened before, but it seems to be happening with disturbing regularity now. Yeah. Uh, the week before the Mosul attack, there was a uh, bombing of a school in near Raqqa, Syria. Uh, this was a school that was being used as a shelter for people who were uh, fleeing from other parts of Syria. There were uh, reportedly, according to people on the ground, about 30 civilians killed in that airstrike. The week before that, there was a bombing uh, of a mosque in or 
you know, depending on who you talk to, is either bombing of a mosque or a building next to a mosque, uh, where about 50 civilians were reportedly killed. And uh, then, of course, you know, in in January there was that infamous raid in Yemen, uh, where a Navy SEAL as well yeah, as a number right. of uh, civilians were killed. Mm-hmm. And yet, so we have these regular events happening, and this is happening at the same time that this administration has taken a number of steps uh, that indicate that protecting civilians is less of a priority. On January 28th, there was an executive order signed by the president, which basically said that um, the rules of engagement should be changed so that they don't exceed requirements of international law. So basically, that seems to be translated that they should do the bare minimum to comply with international law. Another thing they've done is they've um, basically renewed the authority of the CIA to conduct drone strikes. Mm. Uh, if you'll recall, under the last administration, Moving they shifted that to, to the Pentagon, Pentagon right. which is uh, theoretically more accountable and has to be more transparent about who it's bombing and the casualties. Another thing they've done is they've rev- removed... Uh, the White House oversight, you know, under the previous administration, uh, you know, for all that the drone war was expanded, these strikes could sometimes, the reviews could take weeks, and uh, the military would complain about, you know, the level of oversight preventing them. Basically, that has been removed, and the Defense Department uh, and the military has been given a lot more leeway to order these strikes without, you know, civilian oversight. Theoretically, this, there's, we have civilian control of the military in this country, but a lot of those steps have been taken out. And so because of those steps, I think we should be less inclined to give uh, give the military and the administration the benefit of the doubt when that they are taking uh, all the measures necessary to prevent civilian casualties. When you mentioned benefit of the doubt, I think it's important that we should remember that during the campaign, Donald Trump said... Kill the terrorists, kill their families, kill their friends. Mm-hmm. Like, he did not rule out killing innocent people if it helped the greater good of getting one of these terrorists. In his mind, the greater good of getting one of these terrorists. So 200 innocent people killed in airstrikes? Do I think that was an accident? No. The Parting Shot with Bill Press. This is The Bill Press Show. Well, a little fact check today. You know, you've probably heard Donald Trump is trying to change the subject again. Instead of investigating his ties with Russia, he says, the House Intelligence Committee should be investigating the big money that Hillary made from selling U.S. uranium to Russia. Here's exactly what he tweeted, quote, why isn't the House Intelligence Committee looking into the Bill and Hillary deal that allowed big uranium to go to Russia? Well, other than the fact that the House Intelligence Committee is so torn apart it's not investigating anything, here's why Donald Trump is wrong. Because the so-called Hillary scandal, uranium scandal, is no scandal at all. Here are the facts that you ought to know. Number one, yes, Between 2009-2013, around that time, the Russian government uh, gradually acquired enough shares in a company called Uranium One that they owned it 100%, and with that came their rights to 20% of the uranium extraction here in the United States. But 
two, that deal had to be approved by nine different government agencies, nine of them. Here are here they are. State, Treasury, Defense, Justice, Commerce, Energy, Homeland Security, the Office of Trade Representative, and the Office of Science Technology. And guess what? That deal was approved by every one of them, unanimously, every single one. It was also approved by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Commission. There is no evidence that Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State had anything to do with that decision, even though State Department bureaucrats were involved. There was also no way she could have stopped the deal, and there was no way that she ever made any money out of the deal. In other words, again, it's one great One more great big Donald Trump lie. One more lame attempt to change the subject. This is The Bill Press Show.